Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. It's 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 it could happen here. The podcast that we open sometimes. Yes, this is this is this is this is how we do this job. Um, it it is it is also a podcast that is very very often about strikes and. Somewhat surprisingly, this is this is an episode that is not about the giant rail strike that everyone was focused on that didn't happen. Um, and the reason it's not about okay, I mean, obviously it's not about that because it didn't happen. But the other reason it's not about that is that there was another giant strike that was really, I think, ignored by both sort of the media and the people who normally would be following strikes that was happening at about the same time. And that is a massive fifteen thousand person nurses strike. Uh. Up, up, up in Wisconsin, and to talk with us about that. Wait, did I say that right? Minnesota. Did I, did I? Did I confuse Wisconsin and Minnesota? Oh my god! I always, I always do this. <laughs> they did threaten a strike. You are, yeah. Accurate, oh, but for god. different reasons. There, yeah. I don't. There, there, there's some part of my brain that never quite like figured out which one was Wisconsin and which one was Minnesota, and it just like flips them in my mind. They're just like they're just the state that's sort of over there from Illinois. I know. I know. Uh, it's the Midwest. I know. This is no an accursed place. <laughs> Which again, I don't. I don't really have an excuse because, like, I'm from here. Like, I've, 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 I've lived not in the Midwest for like six months now. Wow. Okay. Like a year of my life when I was like unbelievably small child. But yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. There, there's been a bunch of strikes in Minnesota, and with me to talk about the strikes that are not happening in Wisconsin is Danielle, who is a nurse at Methodist Hospital and a steward for the Minnesota Nurses Association. Uh, Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, th- thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, okay, so I guess the, the the first thing that I want to talk about is the kind of strike that you all were doing, because this is something that I, I, I've seen a lot with nurses strikes, but I don't think people who aren't in nurses unions like talk about very much, which is basically doing a three day strike or doing a strike that's for, for, for a set number of days, but is not indefinite. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask about that specifically as a tactic a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not uncommon in the healthcare sector at all to do one day, two day, three day, five day, seven day strikes. Um, we usually leave like an open-ended strike for kind of a, a last ditch effort, mm-hmm. um, to get the employer's attention. Um, so there's a lot to coordinate to compensate for a three day strike. Um, it affects everyone's job at the hospital. And then after three days, they have to flip everything back. Um, that, um, that type of disruption in capital is, um, has been really effective um, across the nation. So we're hoping that they hear us loud and proud, but it's challenging. They have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think from, from what I've talked to other nurses about this strike and also other people have done nurses strikes is that like, there's like a huge pool of scabs, Yeah, which makes things really hard. And I, is, is it, is it the case that part of the reason why you do one of these limited strikes is that it's, it's a lot harder for them to coordinate like bringing in scabs for a limited amount of time than it would be for like hiring them full time for a, a, a indefinite strike. Yeah, exactly. So travel nurses, I mean, they are those strike nurses come in strictly just for those three days. They are oriented for, you know, a few hours prior to starting at 7 a.m. on Monday. Um, so there's not a lot of time to learn the entire facility. And since we are gone, the only ones left to orientate are managers or any um, nurses that have to stay for whatever reason. We really didn't have many at all cross the line. Um, so it just compromises um, patient safety and care in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no way to create teamwork with just three days of yeah. brand new nurses. Um, so just um, the hospital is just more accountable for system errors. Um, they try to keep those issues um, as internal as possible and not disclose them to the public. But there's, yeah. a, there's a lot that happens. <laughs> you know, um, they, they've, it's funny. All the media reports are, are like, or we're, we're just like straight up printing press releases being like, there have been no internal disruptions. I'm like, I don't believe that. Like, there's no way. There's like, yeah. it's just that's not true. Like, they, they are that's just lying. <laughs> so lying. And to prepare for us to go on strike, I mean, they tried their hardest to discharge as many patients as possible Sunday prior to our strike to empty out hospitals. The thing is like, you can't just, you're not a magician. You can't make sick people go away. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of readmissions because of that. You're discharging people too quickly. Um, yeah. I know at the children's hospitals, they actually um, like shuttled 44 children out to other Jeez. surrounding hospitals to, because they couldn't get enough travelers to work. You can't get 15,000 yeah, travelers. Yeah. So that's what they did to try to undermine us. It's a lot of moving things around. And I'm hoping the public, there's an uproar with the public about this. Yeah. that's I don't know who's paying for, you know, the cost of shipping kids to different hospitals. Yeah. I assume the hospital is not going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I, th- I guess we should move into, like... How, how we got to the point where 15,000 nurses are went on strike, which I think, I mean, it's certainly the largest nurse strike, like in the, in the private sector, I can remember, like, it's, yeah. I think, I think it's one of the largest the U S has ever had. Yeah. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. Can we talk about like, I get, I, and, and I know and this, this is, there's also sort of a broader question here about like what the U S healthcare system looks like in year two of this plague in the sector that's already been sort of just decimated by like incredibly venal profit seeking greedy corporations. But yes. yeah. Yeah. So what, 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 what have been the conditions that have been leading up to this strike that got this many people off of the uh, line? Um, I mean, our healthcare system has been unstable um, for quite some time. Hospitals have been consolidating so much like closing clinics and facilities. Um, 
just to maximize profit. It's um, like their their whole goal is kind of like how airlines overbook for flights. They create like an artificial hospital bed shortage in order to maximize profit. So they've been doing that for years and then also just buying up little hospitals to control the market more. Um, they've also are starting their own insurance companies just to double dip into communities wallets. So that's been going on prior to the pandemic. Pandemic hit, they were not ready. Yeah. They didn't have enough PPE at all because it's not there's no um it, it's not financially incentivized to have yeah. extra yeah. PPE on hand. That's their logic. I, I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, <laughs> like my, my aunt and uncle worked for a hospital and like we were trying to get the masks and like yeah. we wound up like we were like doing contracts with like like my like literally my family in china was like i know a guy who knows a guy who yeah. could like who who like has a mass manufacturing thing it was oh god it was so grim it was um yeah it was a mess and um we didn't have enough ppe we had to reuse stuff yeah. constantly um, and we were never compensated for it either. Um, we just were forced to work harder and longer um, for the same pay. And now hospitals are trying to normalize that staffing um, shortage and say, well, that's it. That's, you know, so you just have to work with what we're giving you. Um, and this shortage is just, it's causing unnecessary medical errors and deaths and it's just a disservice to our community yeah it's going kind of down a dark path so i think all of that um during the pandemic hospitals really showed their true colors and i know the nurses really realized that the hospital is only there to just like fatten their wallets they're not there for us they're not the goal is to make us all leave the bedside and just outsource all of their employees. You would escape all liabilities. If you have all travelers in place, there's, um, there's no real incentive to hold the hospital accountable for institutional failures. Can you explain what travelers are for the audience people who may not know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so travel nurses come across or like are across the entire, um, nation and they are contracted through travel companies that work with hospitals. Um, so if there's a nursing shortage, um, there will be open positions to apply for those contract positions that are um, like short term. So either like a four week, six week, or if it's like a, a strike contract, it'd be like three days, seven days, whatever it might be. Um, and they're paid handsomely. I know for our three-day strike, those travel nurses, those strike nurses specifically for three days made 10K each. Jesus. For three <laughs> days. And they didn't even oh know the facility. Some of them never even worked in a hospital. Jesus. So I don't I don't understand the requirements. Um it's confusing how yeah. And I'm not trying to demonize travel nurses in any sort of way. There's amazing travel nurses. I've worked with some, they're great people, but they're, um, it just undermines, um, like our profession. Like it's, it's hard to improve our profession when you have people that can replace you. Um, there's no real change we can make. It's just, we're fighting each other. And travel nurses are independent contractors. Yeah, exactly. So the hospital doesn't pay them benefits. Um, they don't take vacation. They don't call in sick. Um, they save the employer a lot of money um, because they don't have to like provide any hospital resources, such as like employee health or workers' compensation mm -hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. And they just have that six-week contract that they focus on. And they they're definitely paid their worth. There's less liability on the hospital too. If there's any medical mm. errors, it's easier to like blame the travel nurse yeah. instead of blaming like institutional failures. Um, travel nurses, they just, 
they can't unionize. There's just not a way, there's not like a common area for them to come together and yeah, create a union. So that's the hospital is like that. Um, (laughs) Also, when you have more travel nurses at a hospital, that's less funding that can go to our union. So like we pay union dues every month. Yeah. Um, and if hospitals are hiring more travel nurses, our union gets less funding, less power, sadly. Okay. Uh, do you, do you, do you know who else wants everyone to uh, work as contract workers so they can't unionize ever? <laughs> it's, it's the products and services that support the show. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And we're back. So, all right, I guess moving on from that. Well, okay, I guess I guess before we fully move on to talking about how the strike was sort of organized, um, can we talk a little bit more about what staffing shortages looks like and what the, what the effect that has on patients is? Because I think people, like, I, th- I think people, this is something people, like, kind of conceptually understand, but don't, like, viscerally get what it means to have a staffing shortage in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um. So, with inadequate inadequate nursing um, staffing levels um, by experienced nurses, um, there's an increased rate of patient falls, infections, medical errors, um, increase in deaths, increase in pressure ulcers, um, increase in readmission rates. So having to go back to the hospital because um, you weren't given like high quality care at the hospital. It was just kind of mediocre if nurses are kind of strapped with time and have to divide their attention between too many patients. 
so I, I don't know if you actually are legally allowed to say this, but like how, how many patients like per day roughly are like you are like you uh, treating patients are we treating a day? Um, our hospital at Methodist has about 400 beds and we've been at capacity. So above a hundred percent. And you're probably wondering, well, how do you get above a hundred percent? Um, the ER will board patients, meaning a patient will stay on a cart and they'll be in a hallway and the hallways will be lined up with patients that are just waiting for other patients and other units to be discharged so they can take that bed. Um, so they can wait in the ER for up to two to three days, just waiting to be like really admitted. Um, so we've been at capacity for a long time and that is, that is purposely done to maximize profit just because of they've been consolidating, closing other hospitals, um, in in other neighborhoods. Like they're, like they're, they're charging all those people who are just like laying there in a hallway, right? Absolutely. Or even, um, if people come in for surgery and they have to, after surgery, they go to recovery, they can sit in recovery for up to eight hours, which normally after surgery, you only need to be there like a half hour to an hour, kind of depending on how you wake up from anesthesia. And then you go to your room, but we are just holding them in recovery because we're waiting on beds and rooms to be available because the hospital does not plan in advance at all. That's not cost effective. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because it's like, it, it's, it, it really seems, it's one of those things where it's like, literally this entire process would be enormously less expensive if you hired like four more people and didn't close every hospital around you. But like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's not, it's not about efficiency. It's about like making sure you have as many dying people like sitting in a hallway so you can charge them more. It's like, oh, exactly. It's Sick people grotesque. are profitable, not healthy people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really it, it it's like there, there is just something like sort of particularly venal and disgusting about here. It's like you know, it's it's all of the same. Like, okay, well, we we've 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 built up a monopoly and we're using a monopoly to force everyone to use our services, and then we're you know we're we're using contract workers to replace the people who would normally do the jobs. But it's like, well, it's with healthcare, and it's like instead of just like every TV show being awful, it's here's a bunch of people who are getting sick and dying because we just don't mm-hmm. have enough nurses. Exactly. And then the only thing the hospitals do um, is um, they have all the managers go around and tell nurses, okay, today we got to flex up. They'll use terminology like that. That sounds like empowering and like strong man. We got to flex up today, meaning we want you to take more patients than you like safely can. Um, Meaning like if you're, if you work on a medical surgical unit, it's usually like four to five patients is what's recommended for one nurse to have for 12 hours. They'll ask you to take six or seven. Jesus. <laughs> and they'll call it flexing up. And they're like, well, yeah, but Bob over there is flexing up. Why aren't you flexing up? And it's just, it's that type of like corporate speak and empowerment language um, that forces us to risk our license. Yeah. And I think one, <laughs> one of the, 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 the consequences of this, that, I mean, it's really obvious if you've been following the sector at all is that, okay, well, it turns out if you if you work a bunch of people like basically to death and you don't give them enough resources and you're making them take too many patients, yeah. uh, it's that people just start quitting. Exactly. And yeah, can you talk a bit about sort of the shortage that's been happening because of that too? Because that's, I think, a really bleak, like just in the long term too, it's just- yeah. Looks, I don't know. Like, if 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 you want to have an even vaguely functioning society, the fact that you can't keep people as nurses is yeah. really bad. Absolutely, yeah. Um, pandemic hit, and um, nurses realize that they're just they're not being paid their worth. There's travel jobs that are you can make two hundred grand a year, three hundred grand a year, um, just doing travel nursing, and then. Uh, they're kind of sold on the idea that you um, own your schedule and you can just kind of plan around vacations and other times off you need. And you just kind of book like a four week stint at a hospital. If you don't like it, you can leave. Um, 
so they kind of just sell our jobs back to us, but it's not good healthcare. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, I've talked about this with like, like people who work at Starbucks, for example, where it's like, well, okay, like if, if, if you're just constantly moving people around and nobody's like actually stays at a place and you never, you never build up a community of people who you're working with, like your cares, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're not going to get good stuff, but it's like, yeah, but like this is like, like this is people's lives. Yeah, exactly. And those, um, travel, travel nurses, I mean, their, their goals are usually like financial freedom. Yeah. Um, like all of our goals. Um, so, and their goals are always short term, you know, all I have to do is just deal with this hospital for four weeks and then I'm gone. Well, yeah. how is that going to fix any institutional error errors? I mean, or issues they're, I mean, they, they never will hold the employer accountable. Yeah. And, and especially like, it seems like, like, you know, okay, even, even, even if like everyone walk well, okay, like, I don't, I don't think you could have a functional hospital system if everyone was a travel nurse, but like mm-hmm. at some point it feels like, there, there's no way for there to be like, it, there's no way for people to like keep leaving hospitals to go be travel nurses, and also for travel nurses' pay to stay that high. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, it'll get saturated, and that's kind of the goal of hospitals is to yeah. push all of their um, permanent employees into traveling. So once that industry becomes saturated, then you can decrease wages, and we'd have to compete amongst each other um, for certain jobs with certain hours that we need or whatever we'll just be um it's just a race to the bottom we're just gonna yeah yeah then the employer will control the market and it's yeah um and i can't imagine 20 years from now um trying to be a travel nurse it's just going to be hard to compete with those younger people that are that could work harder and faster and longer than me um, yeah. for less money. It's not sustainable for a career. Yeah. And it's, it's it just doesn't seem like a good way to do healthcare. <laughs> like, yeah, that also. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the, the next thing I want to talk about in terms of, okay, so how do we make this better is about, yeah, th- this is a, a very large multi-hospital strike across multiple cities, which is really impressive thing to pull off. And I was wondering if you talk about how how that happened. Yeah, you know the pandemic really pushed a lot of nurses to want to fight for change, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it all started there. We all started coming together with the same issues and problems, and um, yeah, finally just started organizing more. Um, all these hospitals were currently unionized, but um, some were more like involved in their union than others. Yeah. Um, I'd say now a lot of nurses are more involved in the union and it's a lot of younger nurses too. Um, just because they're people are finally realizing that we are the union. It's not yeah. a separate entity from us. It's something that we can control and be a part of and, be able to use it to balance power. Um, so it, it just, yeah, it, it's our only way to fight um, this healthcare sector. I also want to ask about what the negotiation process has been like, because I mean, five months is, I mean, you know, okay. Like that you very rarely get fast contracts when you're dealing with bosses, but yeah, like the 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 contract negotiation process seems to have been really bad, even by sort of like regular contract negotiation standards. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, the our negotiations we probably have negotiations like once a week, once every other week. Um, and the hospital shows up with five of their like elites that just hide behind a corporate lawyer was just a union busting lawyer and yeah. all they do is just gaslight and demonize us and say, well, the hospital staffing shortage is your fault because you guys are calling in sick too much. Or, I mean, they just turn everything around to blame the nurses. It's very demoralizing. It's um, we feel very just underappreciated, especially with everything yeah. we've gone through with the pandemic and they've just been dismissive of what we're, um, what our needs are, and we, well, um, it, it, 
And especially like like the, the the like the calling in sick too much. It's like, well, yeah, okay, maybe your nurses wouldn't be getting sick if you weren't making them work with no P like without adequate PPE in a pandemic. Like Jesus Christ! Uh. Oh, it's just it's just <laughs> comical the arguments that they have. Oh, I know, and it, like God. we don't we can't ever get vacation that we're asking for. I mean, yeah. one of one of our proposals is just to get a two week block vacation for every nurse in the hospital guaranteed every year mm-hmm. um because we don't even get that we we have a cap on our vacation hours and then we get denied our vacation constantly people call in sick because we need a day off we need a break yeah <laughs> we're burnt Which, out so like yeah yeah like okay like if, if you have vacation hours but you can't use them you don't actually have them like it's not, <laughs> that's not how this works exactly yeah it's it's a benefit they control. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, one of the things that I've been reading about that y'all been fighting for that it's really interesting to me because it's something I've seen in a few other struggles kind of proposed, but never like really like put in the center of the thing is talking about like how, like giving 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 workers a role in staffing decisions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you talk about that? Because that, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, currently we don't own our profession. We have no say in staffing ratios. The hospitals mm. decide um, what is safe care and they're doing it absolutely wrong. Yeah. Um, so we want to be able to take that back and control that and to say, this is what we need because our patients are sicker. Um, they're staying longer in the hospital. And in order to provide safer care, we, you know, these need this many nurses for this many patients. Um, so w- w- would that yeah. be on like a sort of like, okay, you like, you have a negotiation, you said this is, this is like the, the, this, like, this is just the ratio or is this like a data, is this an individual day-to-day thing? Um, yeah, I'm wondering how this would work. Yeah. Um, right now, let's see, I know we are asking for like a committee that's made up of, I mean, mm. administrative staff, but mm-hmm. also nurses, but we want the nurses to be able to have the power to implement policies and change. Mm-hmm. Um, if they think it needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it would be like a grid review. I think it's yearly is what we're asking for. Um, but can be up to quarterly if need be kind of just depending on, um, what we're hearing from other employees on other units. Um, so I, I think it's kind of like on a, a week to week evaluation to see what's working and what's not. Um, I know the hospital's argument for that is it would take nurses away from the bedside, but But in reality, (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) In reality, it would retain staff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, okay. It's like, Oh no, we've, we've, we've taken a nurse away from the bedside for one hour to go to a committee meeting where they say we, we could put more nurses in. Like what? And like, we want this committee like made outside of um, like that, like those nurses schedules. And then we also want them to be paid for their time. Yeah. Hospital disagrees with all of that. They don't even want to pay nurses for their time to create, safe staffing ratios yeah (laughs) (sighs) it's it's hard so like the people that are in power they're just a bunch of narcissists yeah that's all they are um and that's the only way to remain in power is to have no empathy for your employees so that is what we're up against so every negotiation i feel like i'm just arguing with a (laughs) two-year-old Yeah, I mean, it really like it. They, they they really seem like a kind of people who you can only actually like. The, the only language they understand is power, and like the only way you can get convince them of anything is just like whacking them over the head with it. Which, I was like, the, the, David Graeber had this thing about um, 
was it him? I think it, he had this thing about how like the. I'm trying to think of how he actually phrased it. It was basically like okay, if 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 you have a lot of like. If you have an, like a large amount of actual physical power over someone, you don't need to like use eloquent arguments at all. You can just sort of like tell them what to do and they have to do it. And like the, the, the less actual physical power you have, the more you have to sort of like use argumentation to like convince people to do things. And this, this really seems like the peak of mm-hmm. here are a bunch of people who have been so powerful for so long. They, they don't even mm-hmm. like they don't even know how to like make a compelling argument because they've never had to. All, all, they, all, they, all they've ever had to do is use brute force. Mm-hmm. And it like mm-hmm. sucks trying to use like logic and reason against people who like by design don't know and don't want to know how to do this because if if they if they're ever in a position where they have to it means that their power has been diminished. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and also nurses like we're natural people pleasers. We're like kind yeah. of a we can be a little more submissive and we've been like that for years and we're finally standing up for ourselves and they really don't have arguments. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're killing people. Like it's like they, they are killing people for money. There, there's not like, you know, there's not actual exactly. moral justifications here. Exactly. I know. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> God, what, what a terrible way to run a healthcare system. Like just, Oh, I know. And um, I know a lot of hospitals are getting more into like creating executive care and executive hospitals, executive clinics, and which all that is, is just a hospital that is just dedicated to like the elites. And you would pay that hospital like a country club membership. So like 200 grand a year or whatever. It's they're not going to take Medicare. They're not going to take Medicaid. Um, It'll be strictly out of pocket, not insurance, out of pocket um, money. And you can just get all of the care you need at that one facility. Um, It'll have all specialties. You can see them same day. You can text your doctor. It's just healthcare that's just on demand and readily available for those people that can pay it. Oh, I man. know. I mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, everyone else is like waiting 17 hours with like a hole exactly. in them in a hallway. <sighs> exactly. Like uh, Fairview is one of the hospital chains in our um, in Minnesota, and they're creating a thousand bed hospital for the ultra elite. Jesus. They're going to be doing that soon. And then they're also bargaining with the nurses and saying that they don't have money to pay them raises. They don't have money to give them family leave. They don't have money to um, create better staffing models. <laughs> yeah, you know, and one of the things I keep hearing about this is they're like, oh, like the rich hospitals will subsidize the ones that don't make money. It's like, no, they won't. Like, you're just going to you're just going to keep all of that money and continue not funding the poorer hospitals. Like you, you, you already do this. You can't actually fool anyone who has spent more than two seconds like looking at how this works. Exactly. <sighs> I know. I know they're going to prioritize those executive hospitals and just funnel all their money and resources that direction. It'll for sure be non-union and they will push so much non-union propaganda at those yeah. facilities too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> it does suck. It does, it does suck. I know. And just a, a lot of people don't know about it. It's yeah. kind of scary what we're, what we're heading towards. And that's, that's that's what we're fighting for or fighting against. And I mean, I mean, I will say, like, I, I do feel like like a lot of the I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot with like what happened in 2020 and like why that kind of thing happens. And I think a lot of like, OK, th- there there is an extent to which people sort of don't care about violence. And there's an extent to which people like are able to sort of like rationalize it. But but I I, I think there is an extent to which. Like the average person on the street has no idea this is happening until yeah. they're like sitting in a hospital room and then they don't understand why mm-hmm. it's happening. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, like I, 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 I don't like this. This is not an acceptable state of affairs. And I think, I don't know, like the, 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 the more people start to fight back and the more people like actually know about what is happening, I think it's going to be like, hopefully it will become harder and harder for them to do this stuff because, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, like, yeah, people are literally dying and being like grievously injured because the hospital refuses to pay more. 
Exactly. No, they just, um, the hospitals just push that propaganda that they're underfunded, they can't afford SAMP, they can't afford this. And there's a nursing shortage and there's nothing they can do about it. And it's actually, there's not a nursing shortage at all. There's a shortage of nurses that want to deal with this shit. Yeah. They're just leaving the bedside for better jobs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I think the thing I wanted to sort of start closing on is about like, okay, like there is, there is some negotiation going on about pay raises because, hey, guess what? Inflation is happening, et cetera, et cetera. But like the extent to which the negotiations aren't about like aren't about pay because this is something we've been seeing. I mean, this, this was a, this was a thing with the, the with the rail strike that's temporarily mm-hmm. been averted. This was a thing. This has been a thing in a lot of places. It's been a thing that's been driving people out of the workplace just everywhere is that yeah like it, it's like this strike isn't really like if i i think it like i don't know okay t- mm-hmm. t- tell me if this is wrong i i don't think the strike would have happened if it had just been people not getting paid enough like i yeah. I, th- I think if there was adequate staffing and i think if there was like yes. if, if people weren't being forced to take more patients like there wouldn't be a strike right now or there wouldn't have been a strike yeah, yeah. possibly yeah for sure i think um we're definitely not paid our worth, but also that's not all we want. There's definitely way more to it. Um, yeah, it's, um, we just, we want to reclaim our profession. Yeah. And, and like, it seems like, it really seems like they're like this, the stuff that's happening. And I think sort of broadly, like is, like it, it's not just sort of about compensation. It's about the fact that, for I mean my entire lifetime for like 25 years like before that like employers have had almost unlimited power and they've used their almost unlimited power to just 
make everyone's lives an absolute like living hell. Mm-hmm. And they've they've used it to sort of like I mean, just to force to force people to work hours that are like unbelievable to force people to like you know like like force people to stand there with like like cans so they can pee into while they're still on an assembly line force people just like this, this like unbelievably just sort of horrible and degrading stuff that's like it's like no you you can't actually just fix this with higher wages you actually have to change like yeah. so, so something actually has to change about how the workplace works because otherwise people are just going to stop exactly yeah exactly um yeah i know one of our proposals we want to work a max of three 12-hour shifts in a row because right now our contract says we can't work more than seven 12-hour shifts in a row and we obviously that is way too much and that's something that we. i mean even even three (laughs) is like like this is the really like every every single time i read one of these things it's like okay like Hey, I uh, like yeah. Okay, we 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 want for only one of our fingers to be cut off per shift instead of four, and it's like <laughs> this is like, oh mm-hmm, god, mm-hmm. it's like we, the, the the demands yeah. are incredibly reasonable considering oh, what yeah. you're being asked to do. Like Jesus, I don't know. Oh yeah, we want the hospitals to have six months of PPE on hand at all times. They've already declined that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, who 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 needs PPE? Like really everywhere in the supply chain is like, oh, who who needs to have uh who who needs to have like uh stories of critical spare parts? No one. This this will never come back to haunt us. We will never be in a position where we suddenly don't have the spare parts we need. It's just oh my god. Yeah, I know. Um we have a pandemic proposal we want um we want to pass, and that's just to give the nurses the power to decide um what we need when another pandemic hits um, to provide safe care and like safety for ourselves. Um, Yeah. The hospital didn't include us on any decisions during the pandemic. It was, yeah, we were just used and abused. Yeah. And um, we had to use our own sick time and vacation if we were exposed or if we had quarantines or if we were diagnosed with COVID. Yeah, which also I wonder, like, I, like I, but Mo, did, did you get COVID uh, while this was happening? Um, I've I've only had it once that I know of. Yeah, I mean that. Okay, that's yeah. only had it once. Is like, like, like I, I don't know anyone who worked as a nurse who didn't get COVID at least once, and most of them got it at least twice. Oh, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Just, I God, I don't know. Yeah, it's just so yeah. bleak. Like. I know. And it just depended on like your patient population. I'm in surgery. So I'm a little more um, like guarded from that um, COVID population. You know, we only did surgery if, if um, they really needed it done and if they were positive for COVID. Mm. So we kind of got to pick and choose a little bit. Um, But other nurses, obviously they could not avoid COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's just God, I like I can't just cut like just this is just the worst possible way you can run a medical system and it is just I know. Yeah. I know. Like, and I know like I know in um let's see, Sanford is another big um hospital giant giant that's like in South Dakota, North Dakota, and I'm from South Dakota, so this kind of all like really hits home for me. Um, is they're hiring 700 foreign nurses, like from Venezuela, Mexico, wherever, um, as like, they're pretty much using them as travel nurses, um, just to avoid actual travel nurses here. Mm -hmm. Um, they will bring them here, um, by 2025 and they'll sign like a three-year contract. Um, the hospital will provide housing for them and they will drop wages significantly in the nursing world, especially in South Dakota and North Dakota. They're definitely not going to be paid their worth. I know they're going to be yeah. exploited more than we are. Yeah, like I, I I had family like the, 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 actually the aunt and uncle I was talking about who were doctors, like were in North Dakota for a bit and they were just like, this is the worst. And they like, they left for like, like they left for a, a vast improvement in being in a hospital in Nebraska, which is like, you know, 
Yeah, and, and I also like I, I want to talk about this a little bit because there, there, this is like a this is a huge thing with the Philippines too, where like there's yeah. there's like there are whole industries of like basically training people and then shipping them to the U.S. so they can be like just horribly exploited. Um, and yeah. that's been like one of the things that's been like I don't know, like bolstering the profits of the medical sector for a long time is the yeah. ability to just like import people and exploit them. And yeah, and like the fact that they're like. Oh God! This is some like the 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 fact that these people are going to be like living in like houses that are owned by their bosses is yes. some real like yeah gilded age shit. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the the, the thing the thing is most like this is this is like standard practice in China, for example, and it's a disaster. <laughs> like I like I I don't I don't know if people have ever like actually seen pictures of what the inside of these dormitories look like. But like it is like th- these are you, you get a room that is like smaller than a college dorm room that doesn't have air conditioning that like I don't know like I, I we, t- we talked about it on this show like the uh, we, t- we talked about a worker like a couple of weeks ago who like died during the heat wave because when he came home I mean he'd been mm-hmm. working a bunch of shifts and he, he had to work like he had to work a shift in like 104 degrees like loading stuff onto a train. And he came back home and there was no air conditioning and he's in this tiny apartment and he died in his bed because, you know, it was wow. it was too hot. And like like this is the kind of stuff that happens, especially when you have like like when 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 you're sleeping in corporate dormitories and when you're sleeping in a place that mm-hmm. like your boss owns, like this is the shit that mm-hmm. happens. And it's really, really bleak. And I, I hope these people are able to unionize and like <laughs> fight their bosses, but like Yeah. I don't know. It, Sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, fear of being exiled. I I highly doubt they're going to be able to unionize. Yeah, because yeah, because I mean, that's everything. Like like the the way the visa process works, right? Like it's yeah. really easy to like if someone's here on a work visa, and then suddenly mm-hmm. you're like, oh hey, I want to unionize. It's like, well, nope, screw you. You don't have a job anymore. We're gonna we're gonna get you deported. And that's exactly. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess it's 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 you know it's it's another one of those things where like like we all, all, all of the different sort of disparate like fights people are having are connected like like this 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 wouldn't be happening like if if we didn't have the sort of border regime that we have right now like like if our immigration system wasn't just like you know and like and, and it just like if if it wasn't just like a giant like torture machine for millions of people. The stuff wouldn't yeah. be happening if we weren't in this sort of moments of, like, you know, if, if we weren't in a moment where the power of unions has been collapsing for decades, like, if we yeah. weren't in, if we weren't in a place where, like, I mean, it, it, even, even, even sort of, like, on, 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 on the level of Obama going, like, we're not gonna, like, like we're, we're gonna make our healthcare system worse because it will cost insurance jobs if we make it any better, like, it's just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yep, you get, like, exactly. and like I feel like I feel like the medical sector is like like people do working in healthcare is like it's it's one of these places where just like every possible it's, it's kind of it's kind of like prisons where it's like like everything that's gone wrong in our society just like gets focused into like one nexus point and it's the point where people have to go where they die. I know, and the only thing that's holding hospitals accountable are unions in this country yeah if, if there was no unions the wages would be much lower and i don't even know where healthcare would be right now yeah i, I, <laughs> I don't know like not good i mean like i I, I, keep, I, I keep going back to china because it's like that's like the other healthcare system as a disaster that like i have family in and it's like well i mean i guess this is the thing that's been happening in the u.s too of like like the increasing violence against staff but like China yeah. has a huge, like a, a huge problem with basically riots breaking out because people like someone's family member dies because their their care was really bad, and so there'll just be like a riot and people will go attack the doctors. And it's wow. like, yeah, and it's like okay, like I, I wow. get why they're doing this, but it's like it sucks, and this is this is a huge problem they've had with like, with retention because their numbers are like their their like wow. their staff to patient ratios are unreal awful and yeah and like you know like that 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 kind of stuff makes healthcare systems fall apart absolutely and yeah yeah like and, it, and that's <laughs> yeah and that's kind of like they've been doing that here i mean yeah. these hospitals have been 
demonizing nurses instead of like actually saying that they do have institutional failures and it's yeah. their fault. And we're only as strong as like the safety protocols and policies that are in place. Yeah. And like, I mean, the, the like the, the best nurse in the world can't be three nurses. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. So if they kind of do this foreign nursing deal, um, I mean, South Dakota, North Dakota, they're right to work states. So they, it's almost impossible to unionize. You can, but it's, it takes a lot of work. Um, yeah. But when most of your staff is already travelers, like I was told by um, another nurse, like in North Dakota, Sanford, their staff is 80% travelers. Well, how Jesus. the hell can you even attempt to unionize? And that's, that's the goal of hospitals is just to create so much turnover where. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just turning hospitals into Amazon, which is a system that notoriously works great. <laughs> like, it's. Oh. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, travelers um, are less likely to speak up because they're just afraid of their contract being canceled yeah. or they're going to be blacklisted. And blacklisted just means like there's a um, common website that all hospitals will go on just to look at travel nurses that are recommended um, not to call or not to um, give a contract to. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, so, and you can blacklist a nurse for any reason. Um, yeah. And the reasons are not disclosed. It just says, do not call next to that name. Well, that, that completely ruins their travel career. Yeah. I, I, it's like, it's amazing. It's so formalized. Like I, I know people have been blacklisted mm. from other professions, but it was like very, like, it was kind of an under the table thing. This is just like, nah, nah, nah. We're, we're, we were literally going to put your name on a, on like a list that everyone just has. Like, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> so if there is, you know, safety issues at a hospital, those nurses are less likely to speak up and they're less likely to even, yeah. you know, leave their contract because they're afraid of retaliation like that. <laughs> it just incentivizes just terrible care. Yeah. Okay, we, we, we have now spent an enormous amount of time talking about how unbelievably messed up this whole system is. Um, what can people do <laughs> to, A, help this strike and B, like, well, help with contract negotiations and B, like, just in general, try to, like, fight for better health care for people? I know I've been asked that a lot, too. Um, we do have a website with um, MNA, Minnesota Nursing Association, where we do like to have people share their stories about surprise bills or firsthand experiences with understaffing, um, et cetera. Um, and that's something like we've just been kind of collecting stories um, just so we can kind of keep exposing um, the corruption. Yeah. Um, also donating to our strike fund is always much appreciated yeah yeah um we, we, we'll, put, we'll put a link to that in the description <laughs> yeah that's how you create change it's just public pressure yeah um do, do you do you have anywhere else, um anything else that you want to say i don't think so i don't think so i feel like i covered a lot cool um yeah i just wanted to bring awareness to this topic <laughs> yeah thank you so much for bringing on the show and for talking to us about this because yeah this is definitely something that people need to hear and I'm I'm really glad you were able to join us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, this has been Naked Happened Here, uh, a podcast by Coolzone Media and I guess also iHeart. Uh, yeah, you can find us in the usual places. Uh, yeah, make make the world a better place for nurses and a worse place for hospital executives. Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 